0: everybody the con artist here we're here to talk about the shows we watched for spring 2022 uh so in a shock event it's just dan and i
1: (laughs) hey there (laughs) hello dan hello everyone
0: else (laughs) fell off the bandwagon
1: I can't blame them. There's just, there's so much content out there right now. It's like not just in terms of anime between that games, shows and just the general state of the world being exhausting as it is. I don't blame anyone for taking a break. And uh, in fact, that's, uh, that's probably for the best. And that means that maybe just maybe we'll be able to keep this one short this time.
0: Yeah, hopefully. Hopefully we'll we'll get (laughs) to do that. So, I didn't watch too much stuff so let's see how it goes.
1: Yeah, I me, me neither. Uh but uh let why don't you start us off? What uh what is what are some of the things that you watch this season?
0: Sure. So, uh let's start with a show called Daimon. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. There's a lot of vowels in that one. <laughs> so the premise is that Itsuka is a young girl abandoned by her father at a traditional sweet shop in Kyoto uh, Nagomu, the son of the owner of said sweet shop, comes back from Tokyo, uh, his sort of a failed musician career, and, uh, he initially thinks he's gonna take over the sweet shop, but his parents are both like, nope, you're useless, uh, we've decided this, this little girl is going to take over the sweet shop for us someday, and we'd prefer that you act like a father figure to her instead and he uh takes this role really really seriously and tries hard to bond with her uh the show is really cute it's it's soft slice of lifey the artwork complements that uh it's just it has this really gentle like pastel brushwork look it's very pretty i really enjoyed it hmm. um all the sweets in the show are lovingly rendered. They all look really delicious. I when I was in Japan, I went to Nara and I ate some sweets at a sweet shop there. And it really made me miss that and desperately want to go back to Japan to try some of these, I believe they're called Wagashi style sweets. Uh, they give you a little bit of history of some of the different wagashi sweets and what they represent uh, in Japanese culture. So When the show focused on Nagomu bonding with Itsuka and anything related to Itsuka's trauma related to being abandoned, it was fantastic. Really, really strong. The relationship they were forming was funny. It was heartwarming. It really should have been the sole focus of the show all day, every day.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. I feel Uh, there's a butt coming.
0: Yeah, there's a butt coming. Uh, By the end of the show, you know, I want to make sure I end with a compliment. It, It, by the end of the show, they have a relationship, while not, you know, 100% good to go. She, Itsuka has formed this trust with Nagomu, which was very, very lovely to see. And I liked it a lot. Now the book comes in, um, the, there's a lot of side stories surrounding the bubble of this core relationship. And all of those side stories are not even close to as strong as this main premise. You've got, like, there's this subplot with Nagomu's ex-girlfriend coming back to Kyoto and sort of, like, hovering around. There's, like, the high school girl who works at the sweet shop who has a crush on Nagomu. You've got uh, Itsuka's mother who comes back into the picture, which they do, like, a halfway decent job with that, but then she just becomes this, like character from afar because she moves back to france uh there's another character that comes in whose arc is literally one episode she (laughs) appears and she's like i am miss perfect and i must do everything perfectly and then that's it like her arc is just they teach her she doesn't have to be perfect at everything and her arc is over in one episode the pacing felt very odd and it felt like they were trying to cram in these little side stories when i was like I don't need any of this. I just need the core relationship of Nagomu desperately trying to bond with this little girl who has deep abandonment issues and that was great. Uh so I I think ultimately here the side plots did feel a little obtrusive, especially mm. the way it's the way it's plotted they were just jammed in there and characters would come and go at a pace that I was very confused by, like, the, the high school girl is a really good example. She gets, you know, shown that she works at the Wagashi Sweet Shop, and she has a crush on Nagomo, and then she disappears from for like five episodes or something ridiculous. Like the plot just cuts her out. And for a little while I was like, does this girl still work at the sweet shop?
1: I was gonna say, yeah. Like, doesn't she work there? Is she skipping? Is it just not bothered with? They
0: just don't show her. The camera just doesn't go to her for a while. And I was like, where is this girl? And then they just like bring her back into the fold. And I guess she's been there in the background the whole time. And I was like, (laughs) show. (laughs) Like, what are you doing with this girl? The ex-girlfriend who just kind of like hovers round and round and round. Like, Dan, they broke up with each other by accident in Tokyo, she and Nagomo, And she comes back to Kyoto. And by the middle of the show, she has realized their breakup was an accident, a misunderstanding on both of their parts. But she's just too Japanese to get back together with them. She's like, no, I can't like interfere in his life now. And I was like, girlfriend, just, just get it done. Like, you both still clearly have a crush on each other. Like, oh.
1: Yeah, that very particular anime, like, not even pining, just, like, resignation towards, like, towards towards a, you know, a bygone relationship. Not even, like, you know, you clearly not moved on, but you're not going to, you know, try to rekindle anything. It's that sort of a deal.
0: Yes, it's that. Uh, So she's just like, I'm just going to stick around until I what like at certain points other characters are like why did you come back to kyoto like what are you doing here and the answer is very obviously i'm trying to get back together with nagobu but she won't say that and she's just like i just uh i need to get out of tokyo and you're like oh girlfriend you need to go through your own arc like
1: mm-hmm. good luck with that you gotta learn to love yourself first
0: exactly love yourself um those side plots leave off with basically nothing resolved. I'm just going to spoil it. By the end of the 12 episodes, uh you're kind of like, "Wait, this was the finale episode?" Uh, I'm kind of on the fence as to whether I would watch more of this. Probably yes because I'm I already know the characters and it's soft and gentle, but I'm very on the fence about recommending this. I would I would honestly Gently lean in the no camp. Mm. I think you could get what you're getting out of this show out of other shows um, that probably do it better. And I don't know that they're going to make more of this. And the resolution didn't feel particularly satisfying. Kind of like eating a sweet. It tasted kind of good while I was eating it. But it's just empty calories at the end of the day, right? Mm. Um, I, I don't really recommend it too hard but if anything i've said kind of resonates with you and you're just you don't have a show and you're in the mood for something totally soft and gentle to throw on it's not a bad choice
1: got it all right well that's a bit disappointing but you know it's still good to hear that there are some you know positive aspects of it and you know even even in shows where you know some of the cladding around it does you know does annoy me you know i can usually latch on to you know a strong core so Maybe maybe worth checking out at some point, but uh, yeah, still still sorry that it didn't uh, it didn't quite plan out the way that you'd hoped. Um, as far as other shows uh, I've been following, um, I'll be honest, I did not get to finish this particular uh, season of this show just because of so many other things going on, but um, a. Surprise follow-up, a second season of Demon Girl Next Door dropped this season, and I had never expected that show to get a second after, you know, such a long time at this. Well, not that long, I guess, but a pretty significant amount of time. Um, And, you know, weird idiosyncratic shows like that get, you know, dropped and then abandoned all the time. So I'm very shocked that it came back. Um, yeah and isn't
0: it also based on a four coma you might have to correct me
1: i feel like it is brendan knows more about it than i do but i think even he wasn't able to follow well yeah obviously he wasn't able to follow very far into this season either so um but yeah demon girl go next door basic premise of that show was that you know there's this girl who she discovers she's from a long line of like dark sorcerers and like demon uh demon human hybrids and she is the rival of this uh magical girl but they very quickly become you know friends more than enemies and it's all about you know just the the shenanigans she and the magical girl get up to as they sort of try to unravel the mystery of like why her uh, of like what happened to her father and other uh, and like a friend uh of the magical friend or sister i can never remember for whatever reason but um Uh, basically one of the magical girls and, um, the demon girl's father, both, you know, are now have now disappeared. It has, one has something to do with the other and they're trying to piece it all together. But the real heart of the show is just like, again, the interactions and shenanigans between, you know, the magical girl, like the soul of one of her ancestors that's trapped in like this weird little totem thing and is like, you know, trying to help her become more evil, but she's really, really bad at it, so everything ends up just, like, failing hilariously. It's still, you know, the show is still very charming and uh, still has, you know, a lot of the humorous moments, like her, the demon girl, like, they are cursed, their family is actually cursed to be poor for, like, all time. And so, like, even basic amenities to her seem like magic. Like not understanding the internet or Wi-Fi because you know, she's never had any of that or that sort of thing. And it's, you know, there's, there's actually quite a bit of humor to be brought out of that all in all, you know, still a fun and charming little show. I'm going to wrap it up. You know, I just wasn't able to keep up with it. Uh, while I was, um, while I was doing like the rest of the, uh, uh, was following the rest of the shows I was tracking this season. So, uh, at least uh, seems to be carrying on from the first season, which I highly recommend. So we'll see if in the long run, this one holds up to to the first.
0: Sounds absolutely adorable. I mean, I remember Scott and mostly Brendan, but definitely Scott, like, raved about this show. Really, really loved the first season, so.
1: Yeah, for sure. It's a lot of fun. The one thing that I'm kind of disappointed in is that in the first season, they make this big deal that, like, the the demon girl is you know she's like a typical kind of like not um she's not she's not like a terrible student or anything but she's not a very good she's not a very good one either and she's just generally just you know just scraping by financially socially everything else um whereas the uh but she's you know but she's very friendly and outgoing whereas the um the uh, magical girl is very, like, quiet and reserved, but she's also, for whatever reason, a total gym bro. And, like, she... That's
0: hilarious.
1: Being a magical girl, she can, like, bench-press ridiculous weights and do all of this other stuff. She's, you know, absurdly strong. And she keeps, like, trying to train or, like, trick the demon girl into, like, going to the gym with her or working out or any of these other things. And she's just, again, just tragically bad at it
0: my gosh and they haven't really
1: they haven't great. really revisited the they haven't really revisited the gym part of it uh which i think is a little sad because that was one of the things that i found the funniest about it is like you know again having this very stereotypically like you know white and pink magical girl character who is still like utterly de- her her delivery is utterly deadpan and just wants to like go to the gym and get reps in it is
0: and she's a total like female beefcake
1: (laughs) not really she's still like this tiny little madoka magica looking girl but but she is still just like ridiculously you know ridiculously strong because of her magic and you know also just regular working out so it's uh it's just a funny contrast
0: really quick is the is the side plot of like the the dad and the friend disappearing is that like serious business
1: i mean it's as serious as the show gets but it's not like you know oh no like like they're they're they have a relationship like you know they obviously they miss they miss out on that relationship and you know there's there's definitely some tension going on between uh the magical girls that are still there and the one that has sort of disappeared but um you know it's it's pretty light drama. it's still very heavily focused on the humor
0: nice well yeah. we'll see. How- I'm expecting you to own a uh an undershirt that says, "Do you even lift and has <laughs> demon girl next door you know paraphernalia on it
1: I feel like that is a that it that is a a niche but very deep uh potential market for uh for some gym uh, for some gym swag. I will look into it.
0: Excellent.
1: So, what else have you been, uh, you been watching?
0: Let's continue with the cute with Q. Um, you guys might remember that this—I was watching this from last season, and and it shockingly, like this group of girls who joins a voice acting, uh, agency called Air Blue, uh, got a 24-episode run. Really? Uh, yeah, yeah. So this this is the second half. Uh, so Q continues to be a gentle romp with really cute characters. Uh, the second half is less focused than the first half. The quads I mentioned last time that they all break into start branching out to do other things, but the show shoehorns in sort of an idol show in the middle of this second half. Like at one point, all the girls are called together and the, the lead of Airblue is like, I got this project that all of you have to sing in. <coughs> Sorry. I got this project that all of you have to sing in. And so now, like, you're all going to be on stage in idol outfits for, like, one episode. Hmm. Okay. And it doesn't really have the budget to be an idol show. Like, I don't I don't know what song they sang, and I can't tell you anything about it. Hmm. Uh, it was it was completely unremarkable, is really where I'm going with it. And it, uh, you know, it it doesn't have the money for a dance sequence, really, or any of that stuff. So it just kind of happens, and then all the girls just, like, move on. It's not like they're now part of an idol group. It's, it's very bizarre. And my husband was joking. He's like, the show desperately wanted to be an idol show and, like, couldn't <laughs> manage it. So they shoved this piece in, which felt very odd. Um... The other part is they try and give a lot of these girls individual character episodes, and none of these girls are strong enough characters on their own to do anything with these backstories, and there's also no, like, repercussions of of their backstories permeating anywhere. Like, as an example, one girl is the daughter of a very famous actress, and she's desperately trying to separate her career from her mother's career. Mm Mm-hmm and you get one episode of her having a dilemma where she is invited to star in a movie that her mother is the lead in and the agency is like i mean this is a huge break your mom is a big deal so you star in this movie and your career is you know probably going to get accelerated and she really deliberates on it for for the whole episode and because the other the other direction is that coinciding with the movie is that her quad is being tapped to sing for this like sort of character vocal group that that they're making the agency is also funding and so she's being tugged in both directions and by the end she's like well I've decided I'm not gonna do the movie like I know that that's probably more uh career focused but I'd, I'd really like to differentiate myself from my mother. I don't want to ride her coattails into success. And I was like, okay. And then that's it. Like, it's not like this is a, a permeating character trait where she constantly sits around being like, I'm still in the shadow of my mom, or like, have I finally done something to differentiate myself? Like, this is never mentioned again. <laughs> that's it. It's just yeah. like, uh, oh, I have some backstory, I guess. You know, we're nowhere near the level of like Idol Master or something like that. Um, the strongest part of the show continues to be the in anime anime that many of the girls are voicing for Bloomball, like Dear Japan <laughs> Bloomball. I would watch it. Please make it like girls battling it out in intergalactic dodgeball. Yes, I would watch this show.
1: That sounds rad.
0: Yeah, it's great. It's 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 really great. Um, so when it does that, it's really strong, but it's no longer like teaching you about voice acting. Those are just like sequence of events, which was a little bit of a letdown. Uh, the show looks fine. The internal art is all consistent. Like I said, the music is pretty much forgettable. Uh, honestly though, for all of my complaining a few minutes ago, I, I really liked this show. It was a lovely part of my Friday. I looked forward to it. It was very relaxing. All the girls have fun personalities. Like overall, as a group, they're very pleasant to watch. And I mean, I I would w- absolutely watch more of it. And it was really just a little bit of comfort food. Hmm. Uh, I I don't think it's remarkable. I, I I would recommend it only if anything I've said thus far over two seasons interests you. But yeah, that's that's my thoughts on it. Fun, fluffy. Ultimately, of no consequence, but you know, could be a nice, relaxing time.
1: Very cool, yeah. Nice to see some of that. And I always do appreciate the like anime within an anime uh, gimmick, you know, of mixed quality historically. But uh, it's good to see that that one's having fun. And yeah, I swear,
0: Dan, some of those anime in an anime, yes. Mm -hmm. And yes, the intergalactic dodgeball for the fate of the world, yes, 100% yes
1: absolutely cool um so another show that uh came in this isn't really a second season so much as the second part of the first season as far as i can tell looking into it uh but uh we got a continuation of Comey can't communicate which has been uh dropped on netflix um on a weekly basis in gross violation of their uh binging uh priorities which i honestly prefer because you know i like things spaced out a little bit but um Uh, Coma Can't Communicate Part 2 came out, and uh, it is just as charming and uh, seems to have sort of found its feet and continues strong from the first season. Uh, This case, you know, it's more about, like, the holidays and the breaks, less about the school uh, shenanigans, Um, starting with uh, winter break and... um, Christmas and all of that which is you know really cute and fun and you get to see all of the characters sort of interacting um you know in a more casual way now that people are more uh comfortable with each other Comey is still you know she is still exactly the same as she as she was in terms of being you know very nervous and not speaking very much but now she is much more openly you know communicating albeit via text with uh other characters and she's more comfortable sort of expressing what she what she feels about different situations So that's really cute and her does um, she
0: still uh vibrate with with fear when oh yes the characters show up
1: <laughs> yes there's there's a couple of characters in particular including this one dude who's just like he's absolutely huge uh due to like all of this training that he has done but he's you know he's actually really like you know, he's kind of a wimpy kid inside, but, you know, he his outside and his voice make him look like some kind of a delinquent, so it really puts everyone else off. He also has trouble communicating, um, and he has a massive crush on the male lead, which is, you know, adorable, even if, it, even if I know at the end it's not going anywhere. Just wish him the best of luck. But, uh, yeah, no, Komi's relationship with Tadano, the male lead, also, you know, is starting to come together. It, you know, it's the typical anime thing where, like, nobody wants to commit to anything, and they're both, like, too friggin', like, her, obviously, too friggin' shy to figure it out. But, like, one of you people needs to take initiative, and I really hope that it works out, because they are genuinely cute together and good for each other. So it's really nice to see a relatively wholesome, uh, you know, relationship in this sort of thing. Um, you know that is sweet and innocent without being like too saccharin. I just, you know, I just wanted to get, I just wanted to get over the hump.
0: You're making me want to check this out because, like, when I first saw it, I rolled my eyes so hard at the trailer. <laughs> I was just like, I don't want another one of these. But last season, you promised me Heat Miser, and her <laughs> last part, you promised uh, me Heat Miser.
1: Uh, she's still around, just kind of in the background.
0: Okay, Heat Miser showed up, and then you know, this one sounds like they genuinely work through some of those kinks so it sounds very cute
1: yeah the 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 problem is is that like i love the show i think that it's really sweet but there is still this one character like she was there in the first one uh yanami i think i don't remember her exact name but she is She's this one girl who outwardly looks quite normal in this school full of weirdos. There's, like, you know, like, a ninja and a samurai and, like, one girl wearing, like, knightly armor and other stuff. There, there's a lot of weirdos in this school. Like, they established that from day one, eight o'clock, like you say. But it's it's done there. It's like, okay, fine. We get it. There's a bunch of oddballs here. But this girl, she her entire quirk is just that she is extremely pervy towards Komi. Like...
0: Okay, deeply, no. deeply, that girl.
1: Un, deeply unhealthily, so. And, like, to the point where it is just so creepy and weird. And she's got, like, this rivalry with this other girl who's got, sort of, like, a chibio thing going on. And, like, yes, that's cringy, but in a very different, more understandable way. And it's right, like, oh, yeah. okay, like, fine. You two want to have, like, your rivalry over who likes Homie more, even though no, neither of you has an actual chance. Fine, but like, can this one girl just stop being so just skin crawlingly creepy? In fairness to the show, she more often than not gets her comeuppance or like fails in whatever hairbrain scheme she has to like get closer to touch or otherwise invade Comey's personal space, but it's still really uncomfortable in a lot of ways, and it's like if it weren't for that one thing. I could recommend this show without hesitation, but that is going to put a lot of people off. And I sincerely hope that they cut as much of that out of the future seasons as possible, because I do really, I love everything else about that show. That part is just still like, just, just feel like I need a shower.
0: Oh, okay. Dang. Sounds Uh, like a real, real stain then.
1: It is. It's 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 Yikes. really tragic because, like I said, everything else is super fun and cute, and like even when it's like a little cringy and weird, it's it's enjoyable. But uh, that part is just uh, just kind of painful.
0: Ugh. Well, that's unfortunate. But uh, like you said, hopefully they clear some of that up because the rest of it sounds genuinely adorable and fun, and you know, just a sweet little little thing. Mm. Exactly. Dan, we're so gentle and soft. Let's have some murder. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Wait, hold on.
0: <laughs> Let's switch gears to some violence. Um, yeah, so we're gonna we are gonna you know swerve left real hard and talk about summertime render. Uh, it's a little confusing if this is summertime render or rendering, but the katakana on the manga reads render, so that's what I'm going with. Um, this show is fantastic. I... Uh, it's it's got a strong cast of characters it's it's got an intriguing central mystery uh it's i i i've yet to i haven't seen a show in a very long time where all of these characters are avoiding playing idiot ball so hard um so the central premise of summertime render is that shimpei comes back to the island that he was born on after a really long time away for school and he comes back for the funeral of his like stepsister, but effectively love interest. It's not. It's not mm. creepy. It's just he. His parents passed away, and he was taken in by this family. Um, and he he comes for one of his very close friends slash stepsister slash love interest funeral. And uh, during this time, he discovers that the island has effectively been invaded by shadows that are slowly killing people and replacing them on the island. Like
1: like a pod people type situation? Yes, like a pod
0: people type situation, uh, except they can actually imitate the person. So it's it's quite hard to catch on as to whether or not uh, the the person is a shadow or not. So uh, he goes into this uh, trying to, to... you know, weed out the shadows to destroy them to discover why they are invading the island. He meets another cast of characters who are doing the same thing. Uh, he also has a weird scenario where when he dies, he is looping in time. Hmm. But that loop restarts further and further forward in time. So... The first time he loops, you know, he comes back to one spot. The next time he loops, he's further forward in time from that previous spot. So he has to think his way through every round of his existence during this ever-looping summer. Because the more he screws up and then has to, like, kill himself and loop, mm. the, the more time he's left that's now permanent
1: and there's a possibility that he's going to cross over the threshold from when he died the first time.
0: I'm actually not sure where they're going with that. Um that's part of the core mystery. You don't actually he doesn't even know why he has the power to loop. Uh he has an eye which you kind of notice as a viewer looks different than his I think it's his left eye. Uh looks different than his right eye and that's what's giving him the power to loop and you're not sure like how he got a hold of it you know what the end game is with him looping and and nudging forward in time and uh the other mystery is that Ushio the the girl he he goes back for her funeral her shadow appears and it seems to be a rogue shadow it helps Shinpei and company attempt to take out the rest of the shadows hmm. and it's kind of confused as to why it's rogue. It's like, how come I'm not, you know, like all the other shadows? Um, this is a 25 episoder, so we're we're through the first half. Uh, like I said, nobody plays idiot ball. Like Shinpei ex- you know, discovers he can loop and realizes there are shadows on the island, and he goes to one of his friends and he's like, Hey, all of this stuff is happening. And his friend goes, Gotcha. I I I know of the legend of the shadows on this island. It's kind of an urban myth. And he's like, holy crap, I believe you. How do we stop these things? Like, boom, everyone is just on board with this plot and, yeah. and goes for it. And like when he loops, he takes notes. Shinpei takes notes as to what happened in the previous iteration. He tries to keep track of keeping certain things the same so that he can like catch and kill shadows that he knows are going to show up in certain spots. Mm. It's, it's really, really fantastic just how well thought out these characters are, how quickly they latch on to what's going on, how quickly they infer things, and I'm like so invested. this show um the first half of the show the rules of the world are are consistent they're layered in in a way that builds tension really well as opposed to like the confusion i've become accustomed to with modern anime cough cough attack on titan okay (laughs) uh but it's it's... where the points are
1: made up and the rules don't matter
0: exactly exactly um the show has disney funding behind it yes the the disney yes Uh, does not
1: seem like the kind of thing that I expect the mouse to back.
0: Yeah, I completely agree. But it's got Disney funds behind it, and it shows. Uh, It's beautiful. The art direction's fantastic. Uh, It looks great the whole way through its run. It also has some fantastic anime faces. Like, Shinpei makes some really amazing faces. So if you're watching and you catch some of those solid, ridiculous anime faces... One thing I I just want to note about it before I end is the manga is finished. So what we're watching here is something that actually has the ability to tell a complete story. I don't know that we're going to get a finale by the end of 25 episodes, but it's a show that goes at its pace feeling completely and utterly unburdened by waiting for the original work to complete. And it's so refreshing. Like, I wish this was how anime was made and it wasn't always Mm. this like side story to promoting more manga where it runs into narrative problems a lot of the time. But anyway, you know, I've I've gushed enough, watch this show, (laughs) uh, highly, highly recommended. It's really, really fantastic.
1: Really good to know. Cool um well speaking of uh, shows that generally seem to be coming across very positive um i've been following uh, spy x family which was sort of like the big expected to be hit of the season as far yeah, as i can yeah. tell it was
0: this one a lot of people were talking about
1: mm-hmm. very heavily promoted a lot of folks were you know looking at it it's you know it's got a really great animation team behind it the writing is the writing is incredible like honestly it is obviously you know don't, don't buy too deep into hype for anything, but, you know, it is, it is really worth your time. It is a fun, clever, really entertaining show that doesn't always go where you expect it to, but is still predictable enough to be comfortable, if that makes sense. It's not going to shock or surprise you by trying to be too twisty and turny. Um but Not to throw way- you off
0: guard, but could you could you get a little specific with that? So I watched episode one and two mm-hmm. and I'm just I'm kind of in a burnout a little bit with, with anime and uh-huh. it felt like I could tell you all the plot beats of this show right, right now. It felt like Mr. and Mrs. Smith with a little psychic kid, and I was like, This entire show is just gonna be OMG, I can't quite figure out what the rest of the family's doing, insert hijinks here <laughs> and I just felt like I knew everything that was going to happen already, and I was tired of that.
1: That is totally fair, uh, and in many ways, it is. Like it, again, I wouldn't call it predictable, but it is certainly straightforward. So, if you're familiar with you know some of the tropes and setups that they're playing with, it isn't going to feel like you'll. It isn't going to uh, really surprise you too much. But they do such a good job with the characters and the writing overall that I was able to, you know, I was still able to be excited for what happened next, even if I kind of had a pretty good idea of what that was going to be. And after the first couple of episodes, once they sort of settle into the, uh, you know, these this, this spy and this assassin, unbeknownst to one another, have to uh, basically get married and raise a child... Um, in order, in order for a his mission to like infiltrate this one government official who is uh, his inner circle uh, by getting his daughter to be friends with his son at this prestigious academy, while the the while Yor the the woman the assassin is doing it because single women in, in her age bracket are suspicious in this like cold, cold world cold war esque world, a lot of W's in that. Um, and she basically needs a husband as a cover, uh, so that she can keep being an assassin for this, uh, for the country that she lives in, but not draw the suspicion of other elements of the government who may or may not know that, you know, they have this secret, like, sleeper agent super assassin amongst them. And they... and they so Dan, to... I
0: think I might have missed it is the setting faux european. Like yes, where... it's it's basically
1: okay. it's basically faux cold war germany um where there's you know there's the west and the east and they are in this state of perpetual tension and like spies on either side try to you know get information and head off um, basically the main character Lloyd his, he's like the master spy of I think it's the East I don't remember which side is which frankly it doesn't really matter. it's just there's the there he is in enemy territory in a on a long-term operation to stop a politician who is trying to set up a plan to instigate war between the east and the west his job is to get rid of this guy or stop his plans so that peace can continue or at least you know some kind of a peace can continue and it doesn't end up in a hot war uh in order to do that he needs to take on the appearance of like the perfect family man and so he adopts a daughter who unbeknownst to him is a psychic and can read minds and so he then Is has Is she to...
0: the only supernatural force in the show? So you know, like...
1: far, yes. Okay. Uh, like, there's other weird stuff, but it's more like typical anime weirdness, if that makes any sense, than any sort of, like, deliberately supernatural or, like, pseudoscientific uh, nonsense going on. She's the only one. Obviously, it feels like there's going to be more play with that in the future, but for this first season, it seems like it's much more about establishing the tone and setting. Um, but yeah, so he adopts the psychic child and is, and through a combination of like, you know, coincidence and shenanigans ends up then running into this assassin while she's also undercover. Now she is working for the country that he's in. So like you said, sort of Mr. And Mrs. Smith working for opposing sides, but neither of them up to this point knows anything about what the other one is doing. And it's less about them hiding who they are. He's a spy. He's used to it. And when she's not in like assassin kill mode, she's very good at keeping a low cover uh, unless like anything physical is involved. Like at one point she's teaching her daughter, her adopted daughter, uh, how to win at dodgeball and just like utterly obliterates things when throwing this ball because she is just superhumanly strong and athletic and everything else. And that's, that's
0: pretty where,
1: funny. And that's where a lot of the humor comes in. The other place where a lot of the humor comes in is, you know, this girl being a psychic, but also being, like, six, doesn't really, like, get everything that's going on, but she also knows that both of her parents are not who they claim to be. And so it's, like, her trying to navigate knowing all of this and the fact that she knows about her dad's mission and wants to help him because they do really actually care for each other but is really, really bad at everything academically, physically, everything else, like outside of her psychic powers and like a genuine wish to be, you know, helpful and and useful to the mission. She's just not that good at anything. Um, And so there's a lot of shenanigans, especially in the back half of the show that that rely on that. Like the first half is like them, you know, becoming a family, trying to get her into this extremely prestigious school, despite her being terrible at, at academics and sports and literally everything else. And finally, it's her in school trying to earn enough like merits to get to the point where she can get into this dude's like social circle. But she's also going to school with like the second son of this politician that's the target of this whole thing. And they absolutely cannot stand each other, though he may or may not have something of a crush on her. (laughs) (laughs) so again all of this is all like relatively predictable but it's executed so well that i can enjoy it and it, it like some of the like the animation is great the music is top notch some of the reaction like the comedic timing of the show is impeccable like anya the girl her reaction her faces that she makes during some of this stuff are just they are laugh out loud funny in and of themselves divorced from any of the context of the show she is just hilarious to see
0: i have definitely um, seen like you know compilation videos have already been made about anya's facial expressions so. they are
1: great they are they are absolutely great the only ding i would give against the show unless again it's just not the type of show that you're interested in from the get-go is you're the assassin her brother is involved and he's got a really serious sister complex that is it's not as creepy as some of these things are played it's more like no one can possibly be good enough for my for my sister he's still very much attached to her from being you know from her basically raising him when they were young but it's still like it didn't need to be like this guy's you didn't need to do that it's still a little weird But it's like, if you can separate that, which only comes up a couple of times from everything else, you like, there is a ton to enjoy about this show and absolutely think that it is worth watching. um, If you, you know, again, if you don't mind something that kind of plays the beats that you expect, but is still, but still playing them really, really well.
0: That's great. Maybe maybe at some point I'll pick it up, but Yeah, think, like no uh, no
1: as always, no pressure or anything, but I do think that if you if if you can get if you can get past that initial somewhat expect uh, somewhat um predictable premise, uh there is a lot to enjoy in later stages, especially the lengths to which uh Lloyd and Yor will go to to make sure that Anya is happy and safe.
0: Oh, that's pretty cute actually. Yeah.
1: Despite, again, this this all being supposedly this fake spycraft thing, they are both extremely invested in the well-being of this child.
0: That's That's really cute. Yeah. As she, like, inadvertently tries to assist them in their, <laughs> you know, whatever it is they're doing with her ridiculous ESP.
1: <laughs> exactly.
0: Good stuff. Good stuff. All right. Dan, we are going to end with the show of the season. I know you think it's Spy X Family, but that's just wrong. Listen to me. Okay. And let me tell you a tale of Birdie Wing, a golf girl's story. Like, listen. Or or just golf girl's story. Sorry. Birdie Wing, golf girl's story. Listen, Dan, the show of the freaking season. Okay? Listen, it's high stakes grueling world of underground mafia golf.
1: That's a string of words that I had never anticipated hearing in that that order.
0: Yes, yes. Okay, so a young woman named Eve plays golf for money as she attempts to, like, float her ragtag found family in Europe, complete with a trio of orphans. That's right, people. We are playing blood money golf To save the orphans. Okay? That's where we're at. This show is is such glorious schlock.
1: What is is Blood Money Golf exactly?
0: Okay, okay, Is the game
1: itself violent, or is it just everything around it that's violent?
0: It's everything around it that's violent. So, Eve was raised in, like, learning golf in order to, like, either save her own skin or be able to, like, hustle... For money. And the people that she plays against, some of which are like fairly, you know, benign, they're just like rich guys who want to take her out. And they're like, oh, if I win, like, you know, obviously, she's really hot, apparently in world. Uh And so they're like, well, if I win, like, obviously, you owe me sexual favors. But if you win, like, you know, I have to give you X amount of money. And they have so much cash to burn that... You know, they just keep playing Eve all the time in an attempt to see if they can best her this time. Uh Other events that she plays in are significantly more sinister. Like, she plays against a woman who has attributes that are like a snake and wears some sort of, like, perfume that functions like a pheromone to make golfers, like, dizzy so that they miss all their (laughs) shots. And in this underground cavern battle... What? Dan. Like, yes, this woman, they meet with this woman who is in a grant like land dispute with someone else. It's a mafia battle, okay? They're in a they're in a war dis- turf dispute over this land that they want to turn into a casino. And one side brings Eve, and the other side brings Vipire. That's actually how it's pronounced, who's basically a snake woman and they like duke it out in this underground golf cavern that this rich lady owns that it's it's just like a giant tube a giant cave that she can manipulate the walls and the ground to form an elaborate golf course of her choosing
1: man as if i couldn't hate golf courses more
0: it's so good like she has these little cars that move the ground and like add sand traps and stuff. It's so good. It's so amazing. And it was just fantastic. Um, Every underground golfer has a crazy ability. Um, The other thing I wanted to add about Blood Money, sorry, was like one of the characters you meet, like she got in with the mafia golfers because that's a thing. Mm -hmm. She golfs for the mafia to hustle. And she lost a mafia battle at some point in her career. And as a result they took her into an underground bunker and sliced off her arm and she has a prosthetic yeah we like learn this in one episode where she's battling eve and like her arm just snaps off at the end of an episode and is like floating in this weird contraption and she's like that's right i gave up my arm for the mafia golf." and i was like what even is this show (laughs) best show of the season i was always laughing at one point a politician is like shot by a rocket launcher because they're like the turf war is real okay dan it's real so good all day forever uh every underground golfer has a crazy ability like i mentioned vipire can like Make you dizzy with her pheromones. Some people can see like the ultimate line the golf ball needs to go in order to Uh. go in. Golf physics effectively works like playing Mario golf, complete with like colored laser beams that come off the ball when you hit them. Um, So, Eve, while she's playing, you know, hustling for money, she meets this Japanese girl who's like a prestigious player from a very, very rich family. Uh out there in Japan and that rich girl is like uh I won't play you for money because golf is like that a true sport and uh-huh. to truly be a golfer you must like play me in a in an actual battle of skill. They're like so gay for each other, Dan. It's just <laughs> painful to watch. And I'm like, oh my gosh. So, like, declarations of love, effectively, happen through golf battles. Death threats are made through golf battle. Like, Eve's whole shtick is that she hits the ball as hard as humanly possible, Dan. There's no skill involved, okay? (laughs) She just hits it really hard, and it can go really far towards the, the hole. And every time she hits it right off the tee, her shot is so amazing that every other golfer that looks at her, like, basically crumples in the face of her skills with a Z. (laughs) And she's like, that's right, my rainbow bullet has pierced right through you, dead on impact. And you're like, what is even happening? The dialogue, the imagery, the everything in this show, fantastic. Uh the show's bonkers. It has a great Sega arcade game opener. Like the opening song is is just ridiculous. Listen to it. It's great. Um the show looks pretty good for the most part. Uh its second half actually is not as strong as the first half. It gets away from mafia battles. <laughs> and it it I know, I know. I was like, what? And then it moves us to Japan, where Eve effectively becomes a student at the school that the other girl, Aoi, is is at, and they become a doubles pair.
1: This is the one who's like got the hotspur.
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. They're like totally girlfriends. And um they they become a doubles pair, and of course they're like garbage at it, because they're constantly mm-hmm. like, competing with each other. <laughs> And it t- kind of turns into a school uh, sports drama. What? <laughs> I know. This this definitely weakens the show a bit. I thought bit. it was
1: about family.
0: I know. I thought it was about mafia Specifically and Specifically the mafia family. <laughs> We're saving the orphans. Dan, at one point it was so good. So they're like, oh no. Like the their, the bar that they live at, that Eve lives at, is going to get leveled as part of the casino battle. And she's like... We can't go on the streets. Like the the girl who manages the bar is like, we can't go on the streets because not only are these children orphans, they're illegal orphans. They're not allowed to be here in Europe. So if someone catches them, like they'll be deported. (laughs) And my husband and I are just (laughs) dying of laughter. We're like, oh, it's not enough that they're orphans. They're illegal orphans who are going to get deported. Oh, my gosh. So yeah, jumping back the 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 school drama, uh, you know, it weakens the show a little bit. But it's just filled with such nonsensical, like hilarious golf powers that these other girls have. Uh, the show takes itself very seriously. Mm-hmm. So, like Asaki, uh, if you guys are familiar with that show, or G Gundam, like you yeah. as the audience are sitting there just laughing your rear end off while all the characters in world are very very serious about what's going on and like Oh style battling out all their problems or expressing love with golf so i cannot recommend this show enough watch this show it's the best ever and there needs to be more of this show and just in case you're wondering yes in japan they released the ridiculous outfits that Owie and eve wear and my husband plays golf and i just really want to buy him some so dear <laughs> japan please bring it here to america i'll buy your merch for birdie wing jesus so oh jeez i know i act a whole bunch but guys listen to me <laughs> listen this is the show of the season watch it 100 amazing mm. birdie wing golf girl story 10 out of 10
1: got it putting it putting on the list for summer. Oh boy. Yes. <laughs> uh well, that did not go as short as I think either of us expected because we had a lot to talk about when it came to uh when it came to spies and golf and I guess the mafia too. But um it was still a lot of fun. Um and uh yeah, I think uh it's going to be it's going to be fun playing catch up on some of those things and uh wrapping up the last of these and Hopefully, uh, next time we do one of these, we will have um, Scott and or Brennan with us to uh, share their thoughts as well. But uh, it has been fun keeping it just between the two of us, and uh, we look forward to the next time.
0: Yeah, this was a really good time. Let's kick those other losers out every once in a while. Yeah. Just just have us, Dan. It'll be great. <laughs> this was a lot of fun, and it was nice to talk to you about all these shows. So, uh, to the audience, hopefully you find a show that you like, and 100% make sure you watch Birdie Wing. We'll catch you next time. Bye-bye. This is a podcast by The Con Artists. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe to us on iTunes or your Android podcast app of choice. For more anime and game-related content, please visit us online at theconartistsblog.com. Thanks for listening.